Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 304 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. My name is Brent Hanks, and I'm the host of this podcast, the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, and the owner and CEO of the Recruit Me Education System. As the introduction states, I'm the dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to get the intro adjusted in the near future. I am actually the dad of what is possibly a former D1 athlete and now a current NAIA baseball player. Parker currently is 22 years old and will graduate June 12th from Northwestern University with a major in economics and a minor in business and legal studies. Last weekend possibly ended Parker's competitive baseball career. Parker, a left-handed pitcher, played his four years for the Northwestern Wildcats baseball team. Early I said possibly because Parker has two years of eligibility left, a COVID year, and a graduate student year. But the health of his arm and a chance to start grad school at Northwestern and get his career and life started will most likely keep him from using either year. He most likely will do an internship at a financial firm this summer and then either just take graduate classes or do classes and be a graduate assistant coach for the baseball team. Both Parker and Sutton's recruiting journeys have inspired me to help other student-athletes and their families with the basics in recruiting. I want to save you time, stress, and money as you go through the process. I reference my son's recruiting journeys in many of the past episodes of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Go to recruit-me.com, click on the Recruit Me Podcast tab, and you can listen to any and all of the past episodes. Here is a timeline and a reflection of Parker's baseball and sports career. I take a look at a timeline along with a look at events that led to Parker's journey to Northwestern, and then some fun and frustrating parts of his college career. We are a sports family. Both of the boys' grandpas played a college sport. Lori and I played sports in high school, and I was the manager for a D1 basketball team, Missouri State, and ended up playing on the JV team, and I practiced every day with the team. I actually guarded, but not very well, Winston Garland, an eight-year NBA player and the father of current Cleveland Cavalier Darius Garland. My experience in my four years with the then Southwest Missouri State Bears influenced my thoughts and hopes for my future children to be involved in sports. The life lessons and the contacts I made in college really helped me in my profession and family life. We started Parker in the normal local t-ball and machine pitch baseball leagues, and I helped to coach those teams that had classmates from our Ozark schools. We did the same for basketball, and Parker tried his hand at soccer for a year and football from third to sixth grades. Then he played junior high football in his freshman year. Parker also ran track in junior high. We started to put an all-Ozark team together in both baseball and basketball, and luckily our area provided competitive leagues and tournaments in both sports. We are located in southwest Missouri and are three hours from Kansas City, St. Louis, Tulsa, and Fayetteville, Arkansas. So at age 11, we started to travel to those places to play a couple times a summer for baseball. I organized our team's practices, scheduling, and fundraising, and I had great families and coaches to help. Our little Ozark Tigers team stayed together almost intact from age 9 to age 12 as we handed them off to the junior high or the summer baseball club system. 
Parker and the boys developed by practicing two times a week when we could, playing a weekly doubleheader league, and playing weekend tournaments at various levels. I always tried to schedule a few tournaments that we should win. A few we probably wouldn't win, and the rest just to get good experience and have the chance to win and play good competition and to save money as much as possible. In early practices, we taught everyone fundamentals despite their size or their abilities. Everyone shot layups, elbow shots, did ball handling for basketball, and every player took ground balls, fly balls, bunted, and learned to pitch. Parker, being left-handed, learned to pitch, play first base, and all of the outfield positions. Our little Tigers moved from being a mediocre U-Triple-S-A double-A team to a high-level U-Triple-S-A triple-A team by the time that we were in sixth grade. One of the highlights of the team was playing at a U-Triple-S-A global tournament. The global format is 32 teams with teams at the double-A, triple-A, and majors level, and they are mixed together, and you play a four-game pool, and based on your four-game pool record, there are four championship pools set up out of those pools. Our AAA Tigers were the only AAA team to make the top pool with seven other major level teams. We got third in that pool, winning in comeback fashion for third. We had coaches and parents of other teams ask where we were from, and we said Ozark, Missouri. Then they asked how big of an area did we pull our team from, and they didn't believe it when all our players were going to the same junior high the next year. All of these players played through their 7th and 8th grade years together, and a few more Ozark players were added. Ozark is now a 6A level school, which is the largest class in Missouri. Ozark has a very successful program, and the whole program is in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Parker, as a freshman, and three other teammates his age moved up to the JV team, and one teammate played varsity their freshman year. Parker did get to pitch in a couple of varsity games and got a couple of at-bats during the varsity high school season. As a matter of fact, because of his bunting skills, he got a seventh inning at bat and executed a sacrifice bunt in the District State Championship Tournament semifinal. Ozark didn't go on to score that inning, but in the next inning, we won on a walk-off home run. Then again, because he could bunt, he got another at bat in the finals of the District Tournament in the seventh inning. So if you want to get at bats and you're an underclassman, learn to bunt. Parker's summer after his freshman year, he played with the Ozark Baseball Club, and we played locally and traveled to different tournaments throughout the area, about three hours away at the most. Parker's sophomore year of high school, he decided not to play football and to work out more on both basketball and baseball. He led his JV team in scoring and charges taken in basketball and played in many varsity games coming off the bench. Before the high school baseball season, Parker and I found PBR, Prep Baseball Report, and decided to try a pitcher-only showcase in St. Louis. It was a fun experience and a learning experience, as Parker learned how to do a showcase. He had a couple of coaches say hi, but none of them really ever followed up, as he was a sophomore throwing about 77 miles an hour. During high school baseball, he started in left field, batted in the one or two spot, and was in the starting rotation of the varsity staff. He had a very good sophomore year and continued to play for the school's club team in the summer. As the summer after his sophomore year started, his summer team played a tournament at K-State and there was a PBR showcase two days before the tournament. So Parker and his teammate, Forrest Barnes, who is now a pitcher at Missouri State, took part in that showcase. Parker and Forrest then did a week-long tournament in McAllister, Oklahoma, called the Junior Sunbelt Tournament. I talked about that tournament in last week's episode, episode 302. The Junior Sunbelt and its competition level gave Parker an idea that he could compete at the college level. 
This is when we decided to send some video and emails to some colleges. And we also decided to sign on to a recruiting service. Parker decided he wanted to go to a Kansas University baseball camp. And there were coaches from other colleges there. Colleges at all levels. I knew the academic advisor at KU, and his son is Parker's age, and we had played against him in youth baseball. And also, a local college pitching coach was going to be at the camp. That coach is now a head coach at a Division II college, and was the first coach to give Sut, my youngest son, an offer. Since Parker wasn't playing football now, he did some research on a camp at the University of Iowa, and we attended it in September of his now junior year of high school. Things were starting to happen after he sent some emails and videos as Arkansas invited him to an unofficial visit in October, and we got to attend an Arkansas-Alabama football game. Also in October, Parker attended a Missouri State baseball camp, and then the next weekend was his first official visit to Lubbock Christian University in Lubbock, Texas. Again, listen to last week's episode, episode 302, for more information on that visit. Parker's junior year of high school started with an exciting basketball season, with a couple of in-season tournament wins and a close loss in the state district tournament. During the basketball season, in January of his junior year, he got an invitation from Arkansas to come to a one-day camp where he got to throw live to some batters in front of the coaches. Parker's basketball team ended up the year very well, and then for the baseball season, Parker again started in left field and was one of the main starting pitchers. The team and Parker did really well as the Tigers played in a tough conference and played against very tough out-of-the-area teams from northern Arkansas, the Tulsa area, and northern Missouri teams from Kansas City, St. Louis, and Columbia, all on his high school schedule. Parker hit well, but he had a really great pitching year. Parker put together a 9-win, 0-loss season with an ERA of .81 and 56 strikeouts. He was named the Central Ozark Conference Pitcher of the Year. Parker played with his summer school ball travel team as the summer between his junior and senior years began. He then again did play in the Junior Sun Belt Tournament. Parker at this time was 6 foot tall, 150 pounds, and a lefty thrower with an 83-mile-an-hour fastball and a nasty changeup. Team Missouri ended up winning the championship game, and Parker was named the Tournament Pitcher of the Week with a win against Team Tennessee and a six-inning no decision against Team Mississippi. Team Missouri went on to win that game against Mississippi. The only college that came to watch Parker pitch in the Junior Sun Belt was Kansas. He was still sending highlights, stats, and videos to about 10 D1 schools. He had two Division II schools and one Division III school still on his list. As he entered his senior year of high school, the message from the D1 schools that he was interested in was that he did not throw hard enough. Go back and listen to episode 215 for more on that. So at the end of the summer, some of his junior Sunbelt teammates asked him to go to a two-day showcase in Joliet, Illinois. That is where Northwestern came to watch him pitch after Parker had sent them video and an email. We did an unofficial visit the day after he pitched, and they offered him a spot on the pitching staff the next week. Parker signed his national letter of intent in November of his senior year to be a Northwestern Wildcat. Okay, that was a long run through Parker's timeline. I wanted to lay out that to show you two things, how everyone's recruitment path is similar and how everyone's recruitment path is different. I hope you can use items in our path that will relieve some of your stress, answer some of your questions, and save you some time and money. Here's a reflection of Parker's four-year college baseball career. Parker's journey to Northwestern started with an email to Northwestern coaches. In that email, Parker introduced himself, gave stats, his video, and sent them an invitation to come watch him pitch at a showcase in the Chicago area. After the pitching coach, Josh Reynolds, watched Parker on Thursday afternoon, 
Parker got a call and was invited to visit the campus the next morning. We visited with Coach Reynolds at the Wildcats field and got a brief campus tour. With an eight-hour drive home, Parker, Lori, and I had plenty to talk about. And then we had to wait for a phone call on Wednesday to see if they offered Parker a spot on the team. The call came Wednesday as Parker and Sutton were shooting baskets in the neighborhood. Parker texted me and said he had just committed to play baseball and go to school at Northwestern. We had to send his academic information to Northwestern and make sure he could get into the school. Parker sent all the information and a week later he was accepted to be a cat. With that, Parker was able to announce his decision on social media. In October of 2017, Parker and the other cat recruits all attended an official visit together. We got to meet all the players, the coaches, the recruits, and their parents. We were able to have meals, get a campus tour, watch the football cats beat Michigan State 39-31 in three overtimes in the snow. This visit really solidified Parker's decision. In November of his senior year of high school, Parker signed his national letter of intent. Parker decided to go to Evanston during the summer and take a class on campus and start training with the training staff. He was able to get familiar with campus, the town, and the training facilities. Parker had a good fall season, as the Wildcats had two fall games and Parker pitched an inning or two in both of those. As the baseball season started on Valentine's Day weekend in Mesa, Arizona at Sloan Park, where the Cubs spring training is held, Lori and I, plus my parents, made the trip to Arizona. Parker made his debut in the third game versus BYU. He came jogging in from the bullpen to start the seventh inning and promptly threw three wild pitches in the warm-up. He ended up pitching the seventh and the eighth innings with zero runs, zero hits, and four strikeouts. What a great start. The next day, Northwestern played California at the Angels Complex, and a couple of guys from the Angels held a special batting practice for Northwestern, University of California, Stanford, and Pepperdine players. Mike Trout and Albert Pujols put on a show for the teams. Sutton and I traveled to Durham, North Carolina, as Northwestern faced Duke. Parker pitched in the third game at the Durham Bulls Stadium. He came in to pitch the seventh inning in a tied game. Parker got two strikeouts, and the Cats scored in the top of the eighth, and Parker got his first college win. Because of our flight time, I didn't get to see him actually pitch. Live, I just got to see it on my phone. The funny thing is that Sutton and I got to the airport, and then there was a two-hour flight delay. We could have stayed. Sutton and I got rerouted to Kansas City and rented a car and got home about 3 a.m. Sutton had his first high school baseball practice on that Monday. Lori and I flew to Atlanta to watch Parker play Georgia Tech. Because of traffic in Atlanta, we got to the game in the first inning. Parker ended up pitching in the fourth inning. Parker's scoreless streak ended as he gave up four runs, and he learned a big lesson as he forgot to cover his mouth with his glove as he exited the field. We got texts from friends and family that were watching on TV as he mouthed the bad word. Oops. We got to go to a closer venue at the University of Missouri, just two hours away, and my uncle, Parker's girlfriend, some friends from Ozark, and my parents got to see him. He pitched in the second game, which was a cold, cold game, and had a zero run and zero hit performance in one and two-thirds innings. Parker earned a start and a win at home on the Cats' first midweek game against a Division Three team. He gave up one hit in five innings and four strikeouts. The first Big Ten series was at home, and Parker got a loss in relief versus the Boilermakers. Parker started versus Chicago State and got a no decision with three innings and two earned runs. The Cats went on to win the game. The Wildcats swept Ohio State at Ohio State, but Parker didn't pitch, but he got the midweek start at the University of Milwaukee. 
He got a 6-1 win in 40-degree weather, pitching five innings and giving up zero runs, two hits, and six strikeouts. He pitched one inning versus Maryland and then got the start at Notre Dame. He got the loss against Notre Dame, pitching three innings and giving up three runs on five hits. Two were infield hits, and we lost 6-2. We spent Easter in Ann Arbor and got to visit with my cousin and his family. Parker didn't pitch, but he got the midweek start in Evanston on Tuesday against the University of Illinois Chicago. He won 6-1, and he pitched four innings with one earned run. He started on the next Tuesday versus Illinois State, and it was a bullpen day as the Cats used seven pitchers, and we won 6-3. Parker pitched two innings, zero runs, and one hit. Parker got his first conference start against Nebraska and got the loss as the Cats dropped the game 6-4. He pitched four innings, giving up two runs. The next weekend, he started against Rutgers and lasted only one and one-third inning, giving up four runs, and we lost 5-4. Parker finished his freshman season by pitching against Notre Dame again at Evanston. He got the loss, ending his year 3-5, three wins, five losses, and ended up with a sore arm at the end of the season. The Cats missed going to the Big Ten tournament. The Big Ten takes 8 out of 13 teams, and we missed the tournament by one game. So he ended his freshman season with a 3-5 record, 9 starts, 15 appearances, 36 innings, and 31 strikeouts. As the sophomore year started, he was still having a little elbow trouble, and we started out in Arizona again, but at the White Sox spring training complex. Parker got one inning in Arizona, giving up zero runs. Then we traveled to Columbia, South Carolina, to Tampa, and to Spartanburg, South Carolina. Then, as we were going to have the Cats' first home games of the season, we got word that the season was canceled due to COVID. The bad thing was the season was canceled. The good thing was that Parker got to come home. Over the break, Parker got healthy again, and as his junior year got ready to start, the Big Ten delayed the season and didn't start the season until March 3rd and decided to only play conference games, not any midweeks, and to not have a conference tournament. So the Big Ten set a 36-game schedule. We played four games versus Penn State indoors in Minneapolis. Then we played four games versus Michigan State in Greenville, South Carolina. In that series, the Cats hit three grand slams all in one game. As a matter of fact, one in the first inning, one in the second inning, and one in the third inning. We played Minnesota back inside in Minneapolis. My dad's sister and her son live in Rochester, Minnesota. So my parents came to the games and we got to go visit family. The Cats then visited the University of Illinois and fans and visiting families were not allowed. The wind was blowing out the first game and Northwestern hit eight home runs and Illinois hit five home runs. Parker, luckily, didn't pitch in that game. The Cats traveled to College Park, Maryland to play two versus Maryland and two versus Michigan. We didn't get to go to Maryland because they didn't let us know families could go until three days before the trip. The Cats hosted two straight weekends versus Rutgers and Indiana. Then we traveled to Iowa City to face Iowa in two games and then two games with Maryland. As soon as the team got home from Iowa, about 10 players tested positive for COVID. So seven games were canceled in the next two weekends. Parker wasn't one of the positives. After a two-week layoff and with only seven pitchers available, the Cats played in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Cornhuskers beat us in two games. After a two-week layoff, Parker got roughed up at Nebraska. Now, with our full team back, we won two out of three versus Iowa at home and celebrated our seniors on Senior Day. Then the last series we played was at Ohio State, and Parker ended his season with a good appearance. The COVID year was tough on Parker as he battled some sore arm and because of no midweek games, all the pitchers had to cut down on their appearances. So he warmed up more in the bullpen than he got to go into games. 
we kept thinking that we were just glad to be playing and getting to attend most of the games in person. Parker came home in the summer to pitch in a collegiate league and did well until the last week, and his elbow started to bother him again. He didn't throw much in the fall season, and after Christmas they found a small stress fracture in his elbow. Luckily, no surgery, just rest and healing. So as his senior year started, he wasn't able to pitch. Lori and I decided to go as many games as we could, even if he wasn't going to pitch. At least we got to hang out with him and his friends and other players' parents. The schedule for this season was back to normal, except no trip to Arizona. The Big Ten tournament was back in play. We got off to a tough start going 2-10 and ten in the first 12 games. We were on the road at University of Alabama-Birmingham, at Santa Clara, and at Cincinnati. Then we got on a roll with some home games and a trip to SIU, Southern Illinois, to play SIU and Butler. These games were supposed to be held in Indianapolis, but there was some bad weather, so they moved them to Carbondale. Lori's dad lives close to SIU, so he came to some of the games. Parker finally got to pitch as conference games got started in Indiana. He came in with the team having a lead, but he came in with bases loaded and zero outs and got out of the inning with three ground balls. One goal down for the year. One, to pitch and be healthy. Two, was to go to the Big Ten tournament. The Cats played well in the middle of the year, but stumped their toe in Illinois by getting swept. But they still had a chance the last weekend to gain the eighth spot for the conference tournament. Michael Farinelli pitched a great game, the second game of the series against Minnesota. And he ran out of gas after eight and two-thirds innings, and Parker came in with a two-run lead and got the last out and his only college save in four years. That is possibly the last appearance in his career. Lori and I couldn't be in Minneapolis because it was Sutton's graduation weekend. So we watched on TV and we were so thankful his last time out was a good one. The next day was set up that if we won, we would have a chance to go to the Big Ten tournament. As I watched the Nebraska versus Michigan State game, which was held at noon, and we played at 3, the announcers on the TV came on and said that Purdue and the Maryland game would not be played and that by percentage, that put Purdue in the Big Ten tournament and eliminated Nebraska and Northwestern even if they won that day. I was in shock as I watched. Purdue's game was due to start at noon, and the rain forecast was for 2 p.m., and Maryland had a travel curfew of 5 p.m., and this was on a Saturday. Why didn't they play a doubleheader the day before? Why didn't they start the game at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. or even noon? How could the Big Ten allow this? So we watched Northwestern play it knowing the game meant nothing. The Cats got down five runs to two, and in the top of the ninth, the Cats scored six runs to win the game 8-5. to five. One of Parker's best buddies had a great series and led the comeback. Ruben batted 583 in the series, had 10 RBIs and two home runs. He ended up being named the Big Ten Player of the Week. Northwestern ended up tying in a three-way tie and missed the Big Ten tournament in a tiebreaker due to their record against common Big Ten opponents. But that would not have happened if Purdue had played the game against Maryland or even made up the two earlier games versus Ohio State due to weather. Parker's disappointment came through the phone as we talked after the game. Parker finished his four-year career with one taken away with a 5-5 five and five win-loss record. 25 appearances, 9 games started, 1 save, 45.2 innings pitched, 35 strikeouts, and a 5.91 ERA, and a 290 batting average against him. We are so proud of Parker and his work ethic throughout the COVID seasons and through his injuries. He got to go places and meet people from all over the country. He parlayed baseball into one of the best educations in the country, and despite not getting to go to actual class for a year and a half, he got to meet people and professors that will affect him for life. We as a family are truly blessed 
to have the opportunities we had and to have sports play a big part in our lives. Lori and I have spent many of our 25 wedding anniversaries at a ball field. I sat down and figured in Parker's four years of college baseball, and remember one season was canceled, we flew or drove over 50,000 miles to go see the Cats and Parker play. Sometimes we both traveled, sometimes Sutton got to go, and sometimes it was either me or Lori as we juggled Sutton's schedule too. We met families from California, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, Georgia, Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania, Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, and Florida. Parker played with five current MLB minor league players and probably some future professional players. We have been to games in California, Arizona, Missouri, Illinois, Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Alabama, and Michigan. And the only conference games we didn't get to go to were the ones at Rutgers, Penn State, or Maryland. We made friends at the Hyatt House in Evanston and ate at most of the local restaurants in Evanston. One thing we didn't get to do was hang out in Chicago as much as we wanted to. The weird two seasons kept us from doing the Chicago things. Well, since Parker is going to grad school, we should be able to go to some games next spring and see some of the great players and families that we met. Go Cats! Thank you for listening to our journey through college baseball. I hope you get a little picture of the stress and strain college sports can bring, but also the joy, the pride, and the benefits it brings also. Join me on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast next week as you get to hear from a parent of three recruited athletes, two girls in softball, and a son in baseball. See you next week.